This episode of the Hubcast is brought to you by the Website Optimization Summit on March 23rd. Learn more at impactplus.com slash events. Valentine's Day to our favorite Hubcast fam. And because we just love you so much, we're bringing you all of the Hubspotty goodness. We have Nick Bennett, Jess Palmieri, and Stephanie Baiocchi in the house. What's up, guys? Hello. Yo, yo. Hello. <laughs> oh, so good to see you all. It's good to hey. be seen. I just told people about this website optimization summit, Steph, like let's give them, let's give them the spiel. What the heck is it? Yeah. So it's an event on March 23rd virtual, of course, cause it's still 2021 and we're going to have some really cool speakers lined up, including Luke Summerfield from HubSpot. We're going to be talking all things growth driven design. The purpose of the event is really like the days of doing a big website redesign that takes a ton of time and costs a ton of money are over. And if you believe that and you agree and you want to update your website in an ongoing fashion, like you should be great, join us. And if you don't believe me, also join us and we will yes. change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. If you don't believe us, this is, this is the event for you. Definitely join. Yes. Your only option is to come and figure out what website optimization really means. Yes. And if you haven't seen the promo video for it yet, go That's what to I was gonna say. impactplus.com slash events and, and check it out. I'll give you a little spoiler. It involves a pile of money, a canister of gasoline and a lighter. It's true. It's, it's worth checking out just for that. <laughs> oh man, I'm excited for it. Hey, I heard about some certified dope stuff that happened with one of my all-time favorite clients that I've ever worked with. One of our favorite they ask you answer case studies who just continues to kill it and kill it and kill it. Jess, you wrote an article that just came out. It's linked in the show notes, impactplus.com/hubcast that you can check out to read the full story. But Jess, why don't you give us a synopsis of what Katie over at Mozilla has been up to? Shout out to my girl at Katie, <laughs> sorry, my girl Katie at Mozilla. So we've all been there, right? We come into a company, we're just starting out as a marketer and you know, Mozilla, as we all know, has a, a pretty you know badass history of, of doing inbound marketing the right way generating those leads, nurturing them to close. So Katie's coming in and she has to somehow own inbound marketing lead nurturing for one of their um, subsidiaries called New Tech Machinery. So she has to replicate this level of success that we know is, is case study worthy. So we say, we're going to do this and we're going to go big and we're going to create a multi-path, choose your own adventure lead nurture system that essentially directs the contact to say, hey, I really wanna learn more about this thing. This thing in you know, your sphere of influence, I wanna learn how to do this the right way. So the contact can basically self-select what educational information they find most valuable. 
And then that enrolls them in a workflow that serves them that type of content. And it's a great way to sort of revitalize your database to make sure that every new contact entering your database constantly has the opportunity to learn more about you, your business, and your area of expertise. And Katie just set up this amazing network of workflows that allowed for all these different adventures. And she enrolled 1,200 contacts from her database into this lead nurture workflow. And in just two months, she influenced $85,000 in revenue. Wow. Heck yeah. Full stop. Dang. I love the phrase network of workflows. That just makes me happy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an interwoven web of possibility. So she <laughs> killed it. She killed. Yes, it, is. it was exhausting, Nick. It took her a heck of a long time to build this lead nurturing evergreen marketing machine, but she did it. And she even has built a second version for another ideal buyer persona in half the time. So once she figured it out, she dusted herself off and did it all again. And she's, you know, back at it in a big way. So mad props to my girl, Katie. Mad props, Katie. Nice. You are certified dope. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's convenient that we were talking about this recently, Jess, because I've been thinking a lot about lead nurturing. And I've brought it up on the Hubcast before, but it's been a while and it's time to bring it back. I wanna stir the pot here for a second. I'm working on a lesson in Impact Plus that is essentially how to do lead nurturing that doesn't suck. Because, I mean, we all know and we've all experienced recently, like most of the emails that we get in our inbox that are marketing emails that aren't one-to-one -one emails just are bad. They're not good. We don't open them. And I think we've all done, like all of us here have done email lead nurturing that we could probably say fits in that category. Um, because for a long time, HubSpot and, you know, it's not just HubSpot, but I feel like, you know, in our world, HubSpot really pushed people in kind of this formulaic approach. Like, you know, you get a lead, you gotta nurture them through the funnel into a sales conversation. And when you like set up this perfect workflow with like the perfect amount of delays, like they're not, they can't help, but become yes. a customer. And every buyer's journey is 30 days long. <laughs> yeah. And you just keep sending them emails until they buy from you. Never stop. It's the <laughs> only way. And, and my question really became like when I was really digging into this and starting to work through this lesson that uh, you'll be able to see coming soon in Impact Plus is like, is the ultimate goal of email lead nurturing to get people to move through the buyer's journey and into a sales conversation? It can be a goal. Like, but like, should that, like, should that be the goal? I think people live in this world where like, like you said, we've been taught that email nurturing is this one thing. It is like, yeah. this is the goal a hundred percent of the time. And it's just not true. Like you can, there are a thousand different reasons that you could 
email someone or a thousand different goals to an email workflow or a sequence mm-hmm. of emails, right? Like there's, and most of the time, everyone's just like, oh, they got to buy from me. Like, I just want them to buy from me. I want them to contact a salesperson. It's like, that is like, get that out of your head. Like, start thinking about this in a different way because there are way more options. What way? <laughs> what is the way? What's the way? What is the way? You say well, what I said. <laughs> the way that we've been doing it recently is, I mean, it's just one example, but post registration nurturing for our events. So someone registers for our event, we start nurturing them with emails. They already registered. So the, the quote conversion already happened, but it's about helping them get the most out of the event and helping them prepare in the right way. And that can be said for a lot of things, basically onboarding. Yeah. What so would you say that does? I'm going to, mar- I'm going to do Marcus right now. <laughs> what, would, what would you say that does? What feeling does that, uh, you know, does, do what does it bring get? to your heart? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have gotten a lot of positive responses to it. It, hopefully if we've done our job right, invokes the feeling of us caring about them and building trust and building a relationship. You know, we didn't just care that they registered for the event doesn't end when you give us your $39 or whatever. Would you say that you are delighting them? I mean, I would hope so. If I'm (laughs) delighted when I get emails from me, so. (laughs) Exactly. Well, this morning, this morning, Steph, just to this exact point, Kristen and Mariah were talking about an event that they had registered for that didn't have this, right? Yes. They were like, this event is in seven minutes and I have no registration link. I have no, no clue where this is being held. I have no clue where I'm signing up. I have no idea what's going on. And they were like, mm. they were the F word of the internet. Yeah. They were and, frustrated. and conversely, Nick, you saw the email I sent this morning. Um, she didn't say delight, but she did say that it was an unexpected pleasure. So I, yes. I, I think that counts. And you said, you said my buzzword that I was going for Steph, which was like, it builds trust. And you know, I'm all in this mindset because I'm just rereading. They ask you answer revised and updated and same, same for the third time. Yep. It's like in my head of like everything we do has to build trust. But I do think that that's a really simple way that we can, and maybe that's not our quote unquote goal, but I think it should be. Like, I think that should be our overarching yeah. goal. I mean, I, when you say that the issue with lead nurturing, it's essentially that we're trying to create lead nurturing that's a success in our eyes. And the best lead nurturing is a success in the recipient's eyes. Right. And what I really like about what Katie at Mozilla did is, you know, we, we talked about her like complex network of workflows but the reason that it was somewhat complex for her to build out is because the user experience, the user journey throughout that is great. So she's thinking about the buyer or the potential buyer and what their experience is going to be. And then she's taking the hit on herself to build something that's going to take a little bit more effort and complexity so that they have a really amazing experience. And I just think that, you know, if we all kind of forced ourselves into that mindset to think about like, rather than what, what, how can I use automation to make my life the easiest? How can we make our, 
you know, user experience, attendee experience, whatever it is, amazing. And then what do I have to do in HubSpot or whatever platform we're using to then make that happen? And it's okay if it's a little bit more cumbersome for me, if it's making the user experience really great. You bring up a good point. You were like, it takes work. Yeah. Katie didn't just write one email. And be like, boom, $85,000. Oh, my God. Can you believe it? I wrote an email, and we made all this money. I'm willing to bet she probably wrote 15 emails. Just how many emails did she write? I don't even know how many at this point. Uh, Because, again, landing pages. It's like like an unlimited amount of content. Like, she had her – I've done this in the past with clients, and it's been about 15 just to get it out the door. Then you're talking about landing page copy, thank you page copy, whatever collateral you're creating, like all of those things, like all of all of those things come into account. So it's it's way more than just like here's an email, ship it off, and watch the money roll in. Like, mm-hmm. but there's definitely that, at this point, that's what the user expects. We all expect a customized educational experience on the internet, and there are companies out there that are willing to give it to us. And if you're the company that's not, and you're going to send me that salesy email that says, hey, do you want to just like talk to sales? Oh, but I have questions. No, 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 no. You got to call us and talk to sales to get the answers to those questions. If you're going to be that guy on the internet, I'm going to go to the Mozillas of the world that aren't making me call sales to get this great educational content. That's also, oh, wait, tailored to the exact questions that I have based on what I have pre-selected earlier in the process. Mm. Yeah. I mean, if I can... Google something and get 57 ads for it in two seconds. Like you can take the amount of data you do have and (laughs) use it for good. And, you know, to, to Nick's point about it being a little bit of work, you know, sometimes it is a little bit of work to do the due diligence to really understand your buyers, be obsessed with your buyers and to, you know, get into like, what are their fears, pains, concerns, challenges, and how can we, help them overcome that in a way that builds trust in a way that's not pushing them down the funnel because when they are ready, they're going to be more likely to come to us. So yeah, we're drinking the, they ask you answer Kool-Aid over here, but uh, it's working. So can't argue with that. (laughs) It's time for Katie. Yeah. Excellent job, Katie. And everyone out there, do great lead nurturing, please. <laughs> and if you're doing some cool lead nurturing, whether or not it's choose your own adventure or whatever, if you're having great results, let us know. Hit me up, cduffy at impactplus.com. Hey, remember that one time? Yes, remember that one time that we had a moment of silence on our HubSpot virtual peer group for all of the HubSpot leads that were passed over to sales that never got followed up with? Oh my God, do I remember that moment. Everyone on the call just came together (laughs) and realized... We have all been Locking virtual arms. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I mean- Solidarity. If you've never experienced an Impact Plus virtual peer group, let me tell you, this is like the safe space to talk through all of your trials and tribulations with your particular area of expertise, whether it's, you know, content therapy once a month with Liz Moorhead, 
or HubSpot therapy once a month with uh, Karina Duffy and I, we sort of just come together in this small group setting, you know, typically on a Zoom call, and we talk about what's what's new and cool and exciting, obviously, in HubSpot. But we also really have these moments where we all realize, oh, wait, you struggle with that too? Me too. Oh my God, did we just become best friends? That is the magic that happens. And one of the best moments of all time was when one of our, our dear friends, Adam, mentioned that he had sent all of these leads that he had made through his beautiful, beautiful contact conversions on solid content that he'd created uh, on his website. And he has sent them all via HubSpot over to his sales team. And he's like, yeah, they, they never follow them, follow up on them. It just never happens. And it was, it was just such a sad moment to realize, oh yeah, we've all been there. So we just had this beautiful moment of silence for all the leads that never got follow up. And it was great. It was a healing moment. Just ran them straight through like a wood chipper. Just <laughs> might as well just delete them from the CR. <laughs> oh, There's so much more that I want to say about that, but I got some really good updates and a wish list item. So we're going to keep moving. It's time for the HubSpot wish list. What we wish HubSpot be doing. Today, we wish HubSpot would let us restrict pipeline viewing by specific people or teams. Oh my God, do we wish that? <laughs> it's so what does that mean, Karina? Like, tell me as a person who's like not, like I'm in it, but like, tell me as a person who's like not really in it, that, like, why would I want that? So you know that you can restrict a lot of things in HubSpot now with different permissions. And you can, you know, restrict the viewing of deals to just uh, ones that people own or their team owns, right? So if I'm a sales rep and I'm really working in one pipeline, I probably have my permission set to only be able to view my own deals or my team's deals. But when I go into my deals board, I still get the drop down and can see all of the pipelines that are set up in my portal. And I could go to any of those pipelines. And even if my permissions are limited to be able to like view stuff so I can't see any of the deals in there, I could still create deals in there <laughs> if I had create permissions. Um, and uh, I wouldn't be able to, what am I trying to say? Somebody finish my sentence. I think, I think what it means is that, like, you can wreak some havoc even though you can't. Like, you can create the deal and then it just disappears off of your screen. All right. So, like, if I can access other other pipelines, one, it can just be confusing because if I like end up on another pipeline and I'm like filtering by my deals and I'm not a super savvy rep, I might get really confused. Um, and it would be really convenient where if I wanted a rep, like if I had multiple teams on one pipeline and I wanted a rep to be able to see all the deals in that pipeline, but not all the deals in all the pipelines, I would want to be able to just restrict that. So anyway, it would be a really it nice. It seems like a pretty logical like yeah. option, right? Like if you can restrict so granular, like you have this like micro restriction access, like or like this restriction like what do they call partitioning 
option, and yeah. now... Yeah, it doesn't like, seem like that you, complicated of an update, but... Like, they, like this macro level of like, hey, just don't give them access to this like other pipeline that they don't need access to. Yeah. Yeah, and it it obviously same for really tickets. Um, and all the other objects that people are going to be creating now. Mm-hmm. All the other objects in the world that have some sort of pipeline associated to it. Yeah, vote it up. I think this is I think this is going to become a bigger problem. And right now it's like just scratching the surface of a potential problem. Right. But I think it needs to be solved. Like we need to plug the leak before the you know, before the boat sinks. Here's my here's my hot tip though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's plug the oh, leak. That but, got really like that escalated quickly. Geez. That escalated so fast. Actually, we escalated and sunk at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, whoa. Yeah. That well, it didn't de escalate. <laughs> Here's my hot take, though. Think of how much investment HubSpot is making into their sales CRM right now. Like they are full steam ahead for this type of functionality. They want to be on that, you know, that enterprise level. This is definitely something that they have heard of, they have probably thought of. I would not be shocked if this is something that with enough upvotes gets listened to and addressed sooner rather than later. So let's make this happen, people. Let's let's vote Vote it up. Get in there and vote it up. There's a link in the show notes. This is episode 268, impactplus.com slash hubcast. All right, I have a slew of HubSpot updates for us today. If you didn't know, there is a new place to find all of the recent product updates, like ones that aren't necessarily going into the big update feed that you can subscribe to. And that is inside of your portal. So if you go to the little drop down where your face is, there is a an item for product updates and there's filtering for it. And it's just great. Um, I've had to remind myself a few times recently to like go in there to remember that it's there. And every time I've gone in there, there's been something new. So bookmark that junk and stay on top of your product updates. One that just came out that I'm really excited about is fiscal year setting and filters. Yeah, that's really smart. (laughs) Yeah, that's like one of those finally where... If you're like, why would you want that? Then you don't care. And if you're like, finally, you're really, really, yeah, really you're excited. Stoked. It's currently a public beta, but it's public. So you can reach out and get enrolled into it. Or um, I believe if you go into your settings, you could actually enroll yourself in it. But now you can define your company's fiscal year inside of HubSpot. So when you do that in the settings, you can basically say what what month it's starting in. So Jan to December, Feb to Jan, there's, you know, 12 different options. And then once you do that in CRM views, you'll be able to use rolling date ranges related to your fiscal year setting. So in addition to your standard calendar, your filters like this year, last quarter, you'll now see this fiscal year and last fiscal quarter obviously relating to your company's fiscal period. This feels like an update where I saw it and I was like, huh. 
I'm surprised that didn't already exist. Like, yeah. how is it? Like, how do they not have? Now that they mention it, where has this this feature been? Yeah. I'm happy it's there because not everyone is the Jan January to December year, right? Like, it's just it's just not the way. Yeah. So this is great. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of people excited about that one. Another one that I know we're all excited about because we're workflow junkies is that you can now clone all and move all yes. in workflow actions. I love it. Thank yes. God. So you can basically clone a, not just an action, but a full like branch of actions essentially. Um, and you can do the same thing with moving it. So if you go to the actions menu on a workflow action and choose clone or move within each, you now have additional options to clone or move not only that single action that you're clicking on, but also to clone or move that action as well as all of the other actions that come with it. Saves a lot of time when you're doing your choose your own adventure lead nurturing and you build out <laughs> yeah. a logic tree and then you just go boop instead of sitting there clicking away with all those if then branches. That's good stuff. It's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a, uh, there's, there's some really cool, I feel like stuff going on with workflows now that they're on the new engine. Um, I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see what happens. Another uh, interesting one for those of you uh, doing things on the CMS, maybe even working on migrating websites. You can now bulk import images into HubSpot from an external website. Dang. <laughs> that saves a lot of time. It's going to save a lot of people That's, a lot of time. Yeah. It saves a lot of time. Yeah. I just saw, too, that on the image front, <clears throat> HubSpot just added a lazy. This is like, this is new. This is so new that it just happened in the last like several minutes that they just released a lazy load image option right in the image module like on your web page. So now instead of having to need a development unicorn to do this, you can lazy load in your images. So images, big ups to HubSpot and images. This has been, this is wonderful. Finally, and that actually is Fine. a really good segue into the next update, which is updates within the SEO tool. But for the bulk importing of images, kind of a quick run through. Uh, so if you're inserting an image module onto a page or an email and you click the browse images button to add image and you do the select from a URL option, now when you enter, you can enter the URL of a page and it'll bring up all of the images on that page and you can just select all of the images you want to import. Ah. So that's pretty, pretty nice. And you will have to acknowledge the legal disclaimer that you're recording <laughs> images that you own. That's fair. <laughs> you should only be importing images that you own. Import from <laughs> iStockphoto.com. <Yes. laughs> the entire library. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. I feel like some <laughs> domains are probably blocked from this. <laughs> yes, I am sure. I am sure. There are 11 new SEO audits available in the SEO tool. Dang. Any of you guys using the SEO audit at all? I can't say that I have yet. Tell me about Not it. Not in a while. I've it's talked really, to Liz about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to talk to you about it. 
uh, it's really just HubSpot crawling your site and flagging like common on-page SEO stuff, right? Like, do you have H1s? Do you have alt text on your images? Do you have duplicate content? That kind of stuff. But they've added 11 new things to that. Awesome. Um, and all of these checks they use Google Lighthouse for, which is an open source library that makes it easier to build websites and provide a good experience to both search engine crawlers and human visitors. Um, I'm actually really excited about these because sometimes, sometimes you'll go into the SEO tool and you'll see like, oh, there's not like alt text on all of these images and you'll like see all these errors and then you'll realize like, oh, that's a page that I don't really care about kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. um, but there's two for performance one for that a page has images that aren't sufficiently compressed and another that page has images that aren't that are oversized so speaking of kind of the lazy loading thing mm. if you're having if you have a bunch of images that are bloating your page and your load speed this is going to help you out a lot i'm i'm really excited about this because i feel like um you know people use like web page test or stuff like that but this is a really nice way. Like it'll basically give you like literally a list of all of the pages. And if they're in HubSpot, you can like click on them. If oh, they're nice. built in HubSpot, you can click on them to go straight to the editor to fix them, which is awesome. I have seen so, so, so many clients fall into the oversized image trap and they don't even realize yeah. they've done it and they can't figure out why their pages aren't ranking or like what the problem is because it does eventually load. And depending on your internet speed, it might load pretty quickly, but definitely uh something that uh will be a very welcome feature for some of my clients it's tough it kind of looks like a light version please nick oh, i'm sorry <laughs> i'll say it kind of looks like a light version of screaming frog if anyone yeah a little uses bit that tool it kind of has that like it rips through all your pages and then it provides like hey like this many pages are missing meta descriptions or this these pages have like the domain in the title, exactly. Like things like that. It's like yeah. it kind of runs through the gamut. It's not nearly as in depth as Screaming Frog right. is. Like it's but... not your like SEO solution. It's really just helping you to make sure you're following all the best practices. And I think it's particularly helpful if you have like a lot of different people that are like publishing content, either creating blog articles and publishing them or landing pages, whatever. Um, you know, you as, you know, an owner of HubSpot or an admin in HubSpot can make sure that everybody is following best practices and kind of just keep an eye on that. And it's nice to have that with HubSpot. There are a bunch of other ones around mobile experiencing, crawling and indexing, user experience and security. So get into the show notes and check those out or hit up your product updates feed in your portal. All right, I got one last one that I'm interested to hear if any of you guys have ideas of how you would use this. It is add data to Google Sheets from workflows. It's a new workflow extension. You can connect your Google account and you can create a workflow action, select Google Sheets, authenticate the Google Sheets, and then um, when you are uh, selecting, like you select your Google sheet and then you can select the, you know, where you want it to add. Um, which I feel like is something that people are going to be excited about 
I don't particularly have a use case for my own personal life. There was a, there was a Chrome extension for this for a while that you could work into sheets and uh, the company that made it, we actually had them at HubSpot training day back in October. Uh, so I had thought about it a little bit. I haven't done a ton with it, but I've been thinking about how cool it would be to have all of our event sessions in one spreadsheet from every event and then basically fill in if someone attends that session or if they're in that list or we check that box and then be able to filter within the spreadsheet, like who's attended this session and this session and this session and this session or any sessions containing the word HubSpot because it's kind of hard to do that in HubSpot with lists or contacts. Lists take a long time to process. And otherwise it's like, well, this and this or this and this. Um, there, there's sometimes just things I want to like manipulate a little bit yeah, in a spreadsheet. Totally. So I could see with events or, or with anything where it's going to be like an ongoing growing thing that you want to be able to see at a glance. That's a step beyond just a contacts view, like saved filter. You can see that. Yeah. Part of me is like the big use case that I see is for like people that are still operating out of spreadsheets. <laughs> oh, well, like, yeah. No. <laughs> But, it just fuels their fire. It's like, hey, just continue to use your spreadsheet. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. But I do agree. I mean, there's certain things that spreadsheets are amazing for. And yeah. so to be able to have the freedom to like, you know, take something out of HubSpot and really easily put it into a Google Sheet. Well, and there's like, there's things you can't do in HubSpot yet, like concatenate and exactly other things that I, I feel like will, you know. It's only a matter of time, I hope, but there are things that I still have to export. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was a lot. That was a lot of updates, but I'm feeling good. Like I am excited about what's going on. I don't know. There's just like, I don't know. There's something in the air. Am I the only <laughs> one? Is it just because it's Valentine's day that I like I'm just <laughs> the love and the good vibes. No, like I, I love a long hey, list you. of updates for real. It just, I think feels the like long list of updates, it gives you hope, right? You're just like, yeah. man, this is why I spent the money. Like they're giving me like, this is what you get. You get a long list of updates every <laughs> single month. And I love like, things that make makes me, it worth it. And it makes me say like, okay, team, got no excuse now you got to do it right like you got to put alt text on the images you have to make sure your image size is right because i can see it <laughs> like but the web page is like loading slow no we got lazy load now yeah like, like oh that report doesn't think... work because our fiscal year is different problem solved <laughs> i love it mm -hmm. no excuses oh that's good stuff hey if you want to keep the chatter going you can find us in impact plus Heck yeah. Impactplus.com. You can create a free account right now. You can get a pro account, which you get crazy good stuff, including hitting up our HubSpot virtual peer group, which we would love to see you guys at. And you can join the HubSpot user Slack where there's a whole bunch of HubSpot nerds, and we'd love to have you. There's a link in the show notes to that as well. Hey, Jess, Nick, Steph, Karina. It's great to hang out in HubSpot a little bit with you today. Always. Always. Until next time, this is 
Karina Duffy, Stephanie Bioki, Nick Bennett, and Jess Palmieri saying to you, all of our favorite pub spotters, get out there and get after it.